Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today, we're welcoming back our friends for another installment of our game, Starsworn. Let's have them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Nate Auger. I'm going to be playing Max Goodname, the human knight. I'm excellent at sword fighting. I can't stand injustice. Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend. I dream of being a hero of the realm, and I once won the King's Tournament. Hi, I'm Kelsey Lee. I play Corley, the elf cleric. I'm excellent at healing and wards. Max is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. My downfall is I'm easily spooked. I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all. I also play Peeper. Hi, my name is Emily Auger. I am Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusion. I'm excellent at casting spells. My downfall is that I can be convinced to follow bad ideas by my friends. I can't stand bullies. My best friend is Max Goodname. And one day, I dream of developing my own defensive spells. Today, we're playing the next chapter of our story. If you'd like to play your own story, chapters 1 and 2 are available at storiesrpg.com. Chapter 1 and all the rules have everything you need to get started with your own games and are totally free. The chapters available to download are different than the ones you just heard and are fully written and ready to play at home with your family. We've done all the work for you. You can head to storiesrpg.com and let us know what you think. In case you missed the announcement, Stories Podcast is putting on our first ever live stream show on Saturday, December 19th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Kelsey and Dan and I will all be there, plus some special friends. And there will be a story and songs and games and prizes and a live Q&A. It's going to be really fun. Tickets start at just $5 a family with an option to donate more, and all the proceeds go towards gifts and meals for families in need this holiday season. For more information and to purchase tickets, head to live.storiespodcast.com. Now, enjoy the next installment of Starsworn. And I'm Daniel Hines. I will be the storyteller along with Amanda Weldon. And with all that said, let's get into it. Uh, when we left off, you had just rescued Lady Fenneth and the star-sworn boy Bramble from the tower that was under siege by an angry mob, spurred on by an angry elf known as Big Greg, who was working for somebody he called the Astronomer. But you bested him in a game of Rock Sword Shield, kind of. You cheated a little, but it worked out just fine. And then paired up with Lady Feneth, you scared him off, sent Lady Feneth and Bramble on their way to the conservatory that the uh, king and queen established with Lady Bronzewin to house the new Star Sworn. And now you are checking into the swamp. You can smell the swamp before you see it. The dank, heavy smell of living things and stagnant water. The verdant forest you've been walking through gives way to sparse, crooked trees. 
Their massive roots emerge from pools of dark water like gnarled spiders, all webbed with bushy cattails and hanging mosses. The swamp seems hazy, endless. You worry you're traveling in circles, but then you spot it, the Frog Witch's Hut. It's a cozy-looking cottage, standing on stilt poles high above the surface of the swamp, But as you watch, one of the poles bends and moves, and you realize those aren't stilts, they're legs. The hut is enchanted with insect-like legs that let it skate on the surface of the swamp like a water bug. As you look on in awe, from behind you, you hear a low, croaking voice. Well, we're finally here. Turning, you see a small frog person, called a frosker, dressed in shades of purple and topped by a towering stitched hat. She's gliding mystically across the open water of the swamp on a huge lily pad. She hops off and opens her big yellow eyes wide as she studies you. Hi, Frog Witch. I'm Max. That is a very cool house. Thank you. I made it myself. How do you get it to do that? It's a secret. I will never tell you. Hi, I'm Alice Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusion. Uh, would you tell me how you glide across like that? That is very cool. We can discuss it later. Thank you. Hello, Frog Witch. I'm Corley. Hello, Corley. Lore Mother Winds told me so much about you. We're so grateful to have your support. Ah, yes. Lore Mother Winds and I go way back. She turns and waves to her hut. All friends here. Come on, dearie. Open up. The hut shimmies across the water to where you stand, then bows down to lower itself to your level. The door swings open and the frog witch bustles inside. Come in, come in. It's warm and dry inside. The hut is low-ceilinged, warm and cozy. You dodge bundles of dried herbs and stranger things that hang from the rafters. The fire burns in a wide hearth. A cauldron is bubbling, and books and carefully labeled jars crowd the shelves that line the walls. The witch settles herself into an overstuffed armchair and waves you over to the fire. Cups are set out, steaming with a purple tea. It smells delicious. What's in this tea? It's just a relaxing brew. All will become clear. All right, I pick up my cup and I start drinking. It tastes a little like medicinal at first, but the more you sip, it kind of floods this warmth through your whole body. That's very welcome after the sort of sticky, sticky, nasty swamp you've been trekking through. This is delicious. Do I detect lavender? There might be some lavender in there. Yes, very nice palate. Um, I feel strange. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's in this drink? Frog witch. Mother Wind said everything would be clear if we came to you. Yes, well, I figured business would be picking up, though nobody listened when I told them it was coming. I suppose you would all like to know about your star signs, yes? Yeah, I got this cool-looking thing on my hand. What is this going to do? We just met a little boy that just his hands can burst into fire, so I'm hoping it's something cool like that, but maybe less dangerous. Ah, yes, that is certainly a star sign. Does everyone else have something similar? Yeah, I I seem to have it all over my arms. I have a small patch on my shoulder. Mm, Now, let's see. She pulls out a tiny pair of glasses that hover before her eyes, then drags over a huge, dusty tome, marked on the cover with curling constellations in silver and gold. 
She begins leafing through, stopping here and there, reading a bit. And she looks up. Well, I'm happy to help, but in order to reveal what stars have chosen you, I'll need to cast something special. Luckily for you, some brave adventurers just passed through and gathered all the ingredients I need. Young folks like yourself, they'll be doing daring deeds out there, no doubt. Here, a rare glowing mush bloom, and water from a capist head, and a will-o'-the-wisp's light. Before we begin, I should explain. This potion will give you visions of your stars, the story of how they came to be. Each constellation comes from a story of someone or something that was drawn up into the sky. Those who left the world did so for a reason— some because they sought love or lost their family, others because they hungered for the jewels of the heavens, or and some just to escape the world's troubles. The frog witch begins dropping ingredients into her large iron cauldron bubbling above the fire. This potion will cause your star signs to appear on you and let those stars tell you their tale. Listen well. If you would like to use the power of the stars, you must first know what the stars will ask of you in return. Now, the frog witch begins humming as she stokes the flames, licking up orange, then blue and purple. The room warms, and her humming becomes a song, croaked in a deep voice that melds with the songs of the swamp outside. Stars who've fallen back to ground, to earthly bodies newly bound. Grace your host and show your sign, that flesh and star may best align. You seek for what you've lost in life, we seek to keep the world from strife. Tell your bearer of your tale, that you may bond and never fail. The singing mingles with the fumes from the pot, and you drift into a hazy sleep. In your dreams, you see a vision, a story from another time. So you guys see these visions, and these are going to be the constellations, the star signs that are going to give you your star-sworn powers. So, Corley, let's do your vision first as you drink this strange concoction. I see myself as a mother bear, kind and gentle, helping along her cubs. Suddenly there is a human, bow drawn, aiming at one of the babies. I roar, coming to full height, my massive paws swinging out and down. Slam! I know that I'll protect my cubs no matter what, and not only my own cubs, but the defenseless little ones all over the world. When the magic calls, I take my place in the sky, where I can watch over them all, the constellation known as the Mother Bear. All right, Wallace, let's see your vision next. I'm a basilisk, a creature born of sorcery with magic in my blood. My stare is stone. My bite is death. Some of my kind are hunters, killers, and others are protectors. I was a guardian, a cold shadow sworn to keep safe the entrance to the heavens. When the magic calls, it's an old friend to me, and I travel skyward, a constellation known as the Staring Sentinel. And now, Max. I'm a knight errant, traveling the ancient world, protecting those who can't protect themselves. I take no gold, no glory, 
and when magic calls, I refuse that too. Wishing it instead to pick someone in need. In my refusal, the stars know they've found their champion. I'm called to the sky, honor bound to keep the stars aligned, the constellation known as the Raptured Night. Corley, your constellation is the Mother Bear. And this is a mighty constellation, and those who have her power are able to shapeshift into a full-grown grizzly. So that is your power. You can now, when you choose, um, and if you roll well, you can turn into a full-grown grizzly bear. And that is the power half of it, and there's also a passion half, meaning the path the stars want to follow. So the passion of the mother bear is you are fiercely devoted to your cubs. So when you're rolling to protect someone you love, then once per game, you can raise a roll. So basically you can raise a one, two, or three to a four or five, or raise a four or five to a six, or raise a six to a critical success. And that is the mother bear. So Wallace, you are the basilisk, the constellation of the basilisk, also known as the staring sentinel. Uh, it's a touch for now, but your powers can always grow, but you know, your touch can freeze the blood in someone's veins, locking them in place with a kind of paralysis like the basilisk. And that's your power. And then your passion. So the sentinel, the uh, basilisk is kind of a lonely creature because it is so deadly and so dangerous. So once again, when someone is kind to you, you can raise a roll in the same way that a Coralie could when she's protecting her cubs. And that is you, the staring sentinel. And now Max. So you are in possession of the constellation known as the raptured knight. This knight didn't take any help all its life, and in return, you are armed by the power of your dedication. The bearer of the raptured knight can transform their body into a suit of armor that grants them incredible toughness. That's your power, and the passion to go along with that is you are still not good at accepting help. So once per game, when you are trying to do something alone without allies or aid, you can raise your roll from a trouble to a trouble and triumph, from a trouble and triumph to a pure triumph, or from a triumph to a critical success. Is that also once per game? That's a great question. So the powers you can do whenever you want. It's another line on your sheet that you can roll. The passion is uh, raising the success, and you can do that once per game. And then when you come to, the frog witch is looking at you, shuddering. She's shuddering? Yes. Why are you shuddering? Are you okay? Oh, you three, protector signs all. This is no coincidence. You're meant to help. And good thing, too, because you are needed. A star sworn, the locust constellation. I can't see who it's inhabiting, but it's terrorizing the fields to the east. That's where the kingdom grows half its crops, and if they're destroyed, there will be famine and death worse than any war. Some stars are wild, elemental forces that can't linger long on Earth. The locust, it's hunger incarnate. You must return it to the sky. How do I return a constellation? To return a constellation, you must understand it. Corley, you will be able to sing the stars free of their starsworn. They may put up a fight, but you've got stars of your own to guide you. Of course, if that doesn't work, you can destroy the host, but it's a terrible thing and not easy to do. Go, I'll open a path through the swamp. There's no time to waste. Thank you, Frogwitch. She totters out the door and raises her gnarled club. The swamp bubbles and churns, and then you see creatures rising from the water. 
There are the knobbled backs of snapping turtles, the scaly hides of gators, and even the broad sides of swollen whiskerfish. You run over the tops, praying that you aren't too late. So the frog witch sends you on your way, and just to clarify for game terms, as you run from the swamp towards the field where the locust star sworn is rampaging, you have a power and a passion. The passion is the thing that lets you, once per game, raise a success. Your power functions just like any other line on your sheet. So just like you get a die for human knight or sword fighting or cleric or magic, you get a line for your power. So uh, Max, for instance, if you want to use your power to encase yourself in this magical armor, that's just something you can do now. That is a power that you have unlocked. Okay. So then I can apply it to anything that then makes sense. Yes. Makes sense. So a few hours later, with the help of the Frog Witch's guidance, you emerge from the swamp into the eastern fields. Now, normally these would be striped with golden grains and orchards and all kinds of other crops growing to feed the kingdom. But now you find them stripped bare in long rows. You see farmhouses smashed flat, orchards bare and dusty, dirt and stones sprayed loose all over the place. The gouges and furrows and destruction tell you that something huge has come through here. And you see that entire fields have been mowed down like some huge thresher just tore them out of the earth. And as you go, you see a family cowering under the remains of a ruined cabin. It's a farmer and his daughter, and they're uh, shaking when they see you, and they look up with wide eyes. Is, is, is it safe? It went that way. Oh, it was awful. Where can we be safe when the stars bring monsters down on us? Hi, I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusion, and these are my friends, Max and Coralie. We're here to help. When did this thing come by, and what did it look like? It was a, it was a, a just a wall of a, just gray and blue. We had, we had to hide. It was, it was covered in this cloud of debris, and it was just, I don't know. It was as big, um, biggest thing I've ever seen. It was as big as a castle, just long and covered the entire field. So it's probably fair to assume that if we follow these tracks, we'll be following that big, scary thing that just came through here. If you had any sense, you'd go the other way. That's, that's what we're going to do. Well, I don't have any sense, and I'm here to help. I think it's a good idea that you guys get to someplace safe. When did you say this What happened? It was just like a regular morning, and then all of a sudden there was this big thing in the sky, and it was, I don't know, it was it was not that long ago, though. It was really recent. Oh, it's, don't, don't worry, it... it it was maybe an hour ago, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll rebuild, but it's going to be a lean year. Well, if you guys go the way that we just came, we were there, and it seems pretty safe. Okay, thank you. So they get up, and they move uh, kind of towards the swamp in the woods, away from the destruction. And you guys want to follow the, those gouged, furrowed paths? Yeah, definitely. Yes. All right, so you guys trek for about an hour or two, and then finally on the horizon you see it, a cloud... Uh, it's this gray mass in this cloud of debris throwing up all over. And as you watch, it's riding through this field full of apples. And as it goes, the trees are sucked bare and the trees themselves are ripped from the ground. And all just the rocks and debris and bark are shot into the air as everything edible is devoured. And uh, clearly this is the locust star sign. Mm, now that we're here, I'm kind of thinking we should have practiced our powers first. Yeah, Corley, I feel like now's a good time to be a bear. <laughs> <laughs> you guys see this uh, this massive, uh, just gargantuan creature kind of rolling, hovering across the ground. As you get closer, you start to pick out the features, and suddenly you can see it clearly amidst the dust. 
It is a giant blue whale, the biggest you've ever heard of. From head to tail, it must be over 100 feet long, and it towers in the air. And as you see, it is lined with these locust wings down the back that are keeping it afloat. And it is buzzing over the field, scooping up everything edible as though it were krill in the water. Man, I know they said it was big, but that thing is huge. And the whale song echoes over the fields. <laughs> Do you think we should try to talk back to it? Uh, Peeper doesn't think so. And as you look, it is starting to get away again. You guys see that on top, just behind the blowhole, you see a constellation of a locust shining on the skin of the whale. And you can see that you'll need to get up there, but first you'll have to catch it. Uh, how, how far away are we right now? Um, you are maybe like across a, across a farm field from it. All right. I'm going to try to cast an illusion onto the field that makes it look like it still has food left. Excellent. All right. As we know, I am a master of illusion, and I do hate bullies, and... I'm excellent at casting spells, so that's three. The best I got was a five. All right, so you roll one die for each line up to three, and you did get three, so then you take the highest die, which is a five. So that is a triumph, but also a trouble. So you cast this beautiful field. What is it full of? What kind of food do you make? Um, What would whales like? Maybe seaweed? <laughs> Corn? I don't know. You see it's been eating a ton of corn. It's been pulling them right off the stalks and then shooting the stalks out the blowhole. Hey, it's corn. Uh, so you see, you do succeed. The whale sees this corn appear in front of it and it turns. But unfortunately, it's now turning directly at you guys. And you have this towering whale with a mouth, just cavernous, gigantic mouth that could swallow you without thinking, is now bearing down on you at high speed. Are we going to try to save this whale or are we going to try to... Take I, this whale down. I'm going <laughs> to stop this whale in its tracks. Uh, and Wallace start, tries to, has his arm outstretched and tries to run towards the whale. All right. The whale is barreling towards you. This is a, this is just a gargantuan mass of a creature now. And you want to try to freeze it with your star swarm power? Uh, I, I do. Can I try to go like, I don't, I guess it's hard for me to imagine how gargantuan it is. Can I, like, get to the side of it so I can kind of touch the edge? Is that, is that something that's conceivable? It is conceivable. It's going to be a little tricky, though. You're, basically, it's like you're trying to dodge a bull if the bull was the size of a uh, castle. But I do know where the bull is going, and it doesn't want me. Right. Right. So I have a bit of an advantage there. Yep. So I don't have a lot of athletic powers, but I can try to do that. So you guys watch as Wallace runs ahead of you, hand outstretched, blazing with starlight. So you get the one die for your star sworn power, and you get another for being a wizard. And the bullies thing. Um, I don't know if this whale is a bully, but uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly acting like a bully right now. The locust is a bully, so you can take a third. Okay. I can, I can also come up with bad ideas. <laughs> All right. One of these was a six, baby. So you get a six as the highest die, which means that is a success. So you manage to get up alongside this thing and you lay your hand on it. And for the first time, you tap into this star sworn power. You feel just the light in this magic like you've never experienced kind of flow through you and out of the constellation on your hand. 
you have these visions of the basilisk and the sai, and the whale has so much momentum, it's not stopped, but you see the wings on its back start to lock up and kind of get lethargic, and it crashes to the ground, and it now is skidding forward, barely keeping up its speed. Frogwitch said that I could sing to release the star sworn, and I think we should try that now that the whale um, is still in quiet. Yep, it's not still in quiet. It is still rushing forward with its momentum, gouging a furrow in the earth. And you know that you have to be very close to the constellation for the song to work. And the constellation, again, is on its back, just behind the blowhole. You need to find a way to get up onto this whale if that's what you want to do. Can a bear get onto a whale? (laughs) Heck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that I should um, become a bear. All right, so Corley, you want to use your star sworn power of the mother bear. So that is a die. And what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get on top of it? I am trying to get on top of the whale so that I may sing to release. Okay, so when you're in your bear form, so you have a die for being a bear. And um, certainly bears are good at climbing with their claws. You have a die for climbing. And do you have a third die? Yes, for protecting my friends, um, Max and Wallace Q. Oh, like they're your cubs. Yeah, so that is three die. So go ahead and give me three die. Um, I got a six. All right, so the highest die is a six. You see Corley, Max, next to you, you watch Corley as he shifts and flows. And suddenly, instead of this uh, beautiful cleric next to you, there is a towering grizzly bear. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you want to give a bear roar or something? On <laughs> <laughs> Corley, with a six, you succeed. Uh, you dodge to the side, much as Wallace Q. Wallace did, avoiding this giant kind of brush tooth filled mouth. And you scrabble up the side of the blubber and you have to cling on because this thing's ricking and rocking. And you see the wings aren't bucking like they were, thanks to Wallace. But this thing had so much speed and it crashed down so hard. It's like trying to ride a landslide as it careens across these fields. And um, as you you climb up and get just behind the blowhole, avoiding all the uh, dust and rocks and debris it's shooting out, and uh, you cling on and there you are. And as you shift back into your human form to sing, you see the constellation of the locust shining there upon its back behind the blowhole. So now what do you want to do? I want to sing to release the constellation. All right. So you have a cleric. You are excellent at this. You have one die for being star sworn yourself. You have one for being a cleric. And do you have a third? I do. I have a third um, because I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all. Yes. And this whale is definitely not peaceful or harmonious currently. So give me these three rolls. I got a one, two, and a three. I would like to use my passion to raise a role to protect the people I love. That's an excellent use. So you raise that three to a four, meaning that, or you can raise it to a five. It doesn't matter. The mechanical effect is the same. You raise it by one. So instead of a trouble, it is a trouble and a triumph. So you start to sing this song and it goes like this. Star sworn, star sworn, I set you free and skyward born. Star sworn, star sworn, I set you free and skyward born. And as you start to sing, the whale grinds to a halt and the wings freeze and the constellation blazes. And you see from the constellation itself, in front of it, in front of Max emerges 
this giant starlit locust towering over you, Max. And it buzzes up and it clashes these, um, these hungry teeth at you. And Corley, you see Corley on the back. She's still trying to work this spell, but the locust is fighting back. The locust doesn't want to be put back in the sky. And it stands in front of you, challenging Max. I say, dinner time's over, locust. And then I trigger my star sworn power. So it's your first time using it and you're not sure what's going to happen exactly, but you feel a cold steel kind of run over your body. You have your normal night armor, but this is different. This is flexible. It covers you completely. You're encased head to toe in this kind of shining magical metal and you feel stronger and sturdier and you just feel very resilient. And as this uh, locust clashes into you, what do you want to try to do with it? All right. So I try to grab this thing into a headlock. All right. So give me some die here. What are you going to roll? All right, I'm going to roll one for being heavy. All right, so one, you being heavy, you mean one for being in your in your magic armor, basically. Yeah. Okay. I get that default just for being in magic armor. Yep. You get, one, you get the one die. You always have your star power. And then you can use another one for being a knight. And then do you have a third? Yeah, being a, a hero of the realm. A hero of the realm. So give me three. All right. I got two fours and a one. So a four is a mixed success. So this thing smashes into you and you hang on. You get it in a headlock, but it doesn't stop it. It lifts up with its uh, spectral wings and the two of you crash under the whale wrestling. Uh, Corley and Wallace, you see Max tangled with this giant starlit locust. And Max, you're going to lose a heart. You're going to lose Hero of the Realm here. Cross that off as you take a little damage. And um, you are trying to wrestle this thing, and it is trying to break free. And this locust is trying to eat Corley. And Wallace, uh, you're up. What would you like to do? I mean, I don't, because I've done. I, I don't think illusions are going to help right now. And can I'm, I sing? Can I sing again now that he's freed from the back? Can I sing him into the sky? Yeah, I can't think of how it would help right now. Well, can Wallace help me? Because can't you like lend somebody something to get sure. a fourth dice? Okay, so what are you going to try to be? I'm going to try to sing again now that the um, locust is freed from the back, but still not ready to go to the sky. I get to die for my star power um, for peace, harmony, and wellness, and to, um, and to protect people. What I, so what you really need is focus, or do, you, or do we need to continue distracting the locust? I need focus. You need help focusing. I need help, um, yeah, getting a more powerful song. Can I maybe just amplify the song, maybe? Sure. All right. Corley, you got this. I'm going to make your song ring out to the heavens. And I try to cast a, do I have, I'll roll to try to cast a, an illusion to make it really a little bit like surround yep. sound. An ampl- like an amplification spell. Sure. Yeah. That's three die for your wizard. <laughs> I did get a six. So with a six that works, Corley, you hear all the other sounds drop away and your own voice rings out pure and sweet high into the air. Stars are locked and earthly bound, blazing bright with locust light, fallen twinkling to the ground, awakening in ancient fight. Star sworn, star sworn, I set you free and skyward born. Star sworn, star sworn, I set you free and skyward born. You see Max wrestling with this starlit locust, protecting you as best he can. This thing is taking bites. It's scraping over his magical steel form. And you sing out and give me a roll. 
You Whoa, got... guys, this isn't going great. Help. So you have one die from your Star Sworn power to protect, and you have two more? I have one dice for my Star Sworn power to protect my loved ones and the community. I have one for my Elf Cleric. I have one because I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness, and I have the support of Wallace Q. Wallace for a fourth die. That's right. So read me those four rolls. My highest roll was a four. So I should four is a mixed success. You see the constellation is pulling free of this whale now. It is coming up. The whale seems to be freed of the influence. Suddenly it's not thrashing. The wings on its back are gone. It is just a confused whale in a field. But you still see Max battling the remnant of this star power. And Max, you can feel this thing. It's, it's being pulled upwards into the sky, but it's trying to take you with it. Uh, what would happen if I let go? It's holding on to you. It has it, its many little bug legs and its big locust beak. It is clinging to you. It is confused because it's never had a problem chewing through something before. And you know that only your star sworn power is keeping you safe. In fact, the armor that you've always worn on top is being rended and crushed around you. I want to tickle it. All I right. want to get out. It's never been tickled before. Um, I don't think anybody's ever tried to tickle a locust, but I think there's a first time for everything. So you're going to get your one for your star sworn power. And you'll get another for being, I don't know, actually, if you get one for being a knight. No, but I think uh, sword fighting would allow me to maneuver around really tickly. <laughs> All right. So I'll give you one for sword fighting, one for your star swan power. Do you have a third? No, nope, I think that's it. Two is going to be good. What about protecting the realm? No, well, you want to be a hero of the realm, so that would apply. I'm, hero of the realm's oh, already that's crossed right. you lost out, that, so, so you I don't only get two. Yeah. I got a one and a two. So tickling didn't work. Max, um, your tickling does not work. This thing is being called into the heavens and you clutched in its arms are being taken along with it. You guys see as Max is lifted off the whale and he is now 30, 40, 50 feet in the air. Oh no, Max. Wallace, we have to do something. Could I make it look to the locust like he is accidentally, go like he's flying down instead of up, like he's going towards the ground? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right, I'm going to try to make it look to the locust like he's actually falling down back to the ground, and hopefully we can turn him back around. I got a six. So the six, you are successful. You kind of project the illusion of uh, kind of fields in every direction, and the locust who's being called to the heavens and fighting it doesn't know which way to fight anymore, and he's uh, kind of frozen in place for a moment. He's not getting any higher. But Max, you're still clutched in his grip. And Corley, you have finished your song now. And you know the constellation has been pulled free of the whale. And it is being taken to the heavens. But Max is still in its grasp. I think that we need a spell that is going to make its body, um, the locust body, completely relaxed. So that it has no um, squeezing power to hold on to Max. So I get to roll three because I'm a cleric, I'm excellent at wards, and um, and I think because Max is my heart song, so protecting him is really Absolutely. important. Absolutely. So you are trying to, what, you're trying to use a a ward to kind of put this thing to sleep? Well, you're not really clear, I guess. What are you doing? I want to relax this locust because I want it to let go of Max and accept that it is returning to the sky. Yep. So you are trying to use your cleric spell to pacify this locust, kind of take the fight out of it, and that's certainly something you can do. So give me three die. I got a five. A five. So, Max, you see 
when you feel this locust, its maw is just grinding back and forth on you. It's trying to chew. Your old steel armor is shredded. Everything you had on is shredded. This, your steel skin is what's keeping you safe. And then suddenly the locust goes slack. And before you know it, it's not a locust at all anymore. It is pinpoints of light that are drifting to the heavens. And you, no longer held in its mouth, are plummeting towards the earth. Ah! Um, ah. Max, slow down! And I'll cast a spell to try to slow him down because uh, I am a wizard. Max is my best friend. And I'm excellent at casting spells. Yeah, for sure. And I did actually get two ones and a six. Great. So you only count to six. You take the highest. So Max, you're plummeting towards the ground and suddenly this rush of wind from Wallace kind of whips up and you figure yourself slow and slow and then you slam into the field and you still hit pretty hard between the wind and your magic. You do not take any damage. You are just a little rattled. And now the three of you are left in the field with this whale and then you look to the sky and you see it's no longer empty. The constellation of the locust is once again picked out among the stars. We did it! Yeah, I think that went pretty well. Great job, guys! As the dust settles, you hear a dull roar approaching. A carriage rolls up, all burnished brass, with a woman perched in the driver's chair wearing a pair of round goggles. But it's not being pulled by anything. As she nears, she grabs a lever and the speeding vehicle skids into a perfect curve and stops in front of you. She leaps down, lowers the goggles, and waves. Well done, all of you. Most impressive. She walks over and you have a chance to look at her. She's wearing a long coat, quite lovely, though streaked with dust, over a pair of blousy pants tucked into high dragon leather riding boots. Her hair towers above her head, a huge beehive that seems to defy gravity. She's got a leather bandolier across her chest that seems loaded with tools. She notices you eyeing the carriage. Oh, the transmotive? She's my own invention. Arcane engine runs a gear shaft. Quite useful, and doesn't make a mess in the courtyard. She grins. My name is Bronzewin, lady, if you'd like to be official about it, and I've come on behalf of the queen. I've started a conservatory, a sort of star-sworn academy, if you like, to help those with powers learn to use them and help those in need. She waves at the scene behind you. Looks as if you're well on your way, but we could use your help and offer you support in return. As you watch, several more transmotives pulling a wheeled transport pull up, and aides begin helping shift the massive blue whale onto it. They load it onto the flatbed and prepare to pull it safely back to the sea. It sounds like that academy is amazing. You're doing great work. I know we'd love to visit. We sent someone there earlier. Yes, please come and visit. We'd love to have you. We're, we're really doing something special over there, if I do say so myself. You are the first ones to actually free a Star Sworn, so you would be a valuable asset to our team. Did Lady Feneth and Bramble make it to the Academy? Yes, I passed them on the road, so I know that they were well on their way. So, I, I didn't realize that it wasn't just people that could end up Star Sworn, so that star just fell on a whale and that's how that happened? Yes, it could, they could land on humans or animals, and we've even heard some early reports of possible buildings. Well, that was a hard fight, but all's whale that ends whale. <laughs> <laughs> so all together, laughing and successful in your mission, 
you head off with the Royal Arcanist, Lady Bronzewin, to the new Star Sworn Conservatory. There, you'll find a strange new school with a strange new kind of student, and as you make your way down the road, Corley, you can't help but make up a little walking song to pass the time. All's well that ends well, and we've got a big tale to tell. All's well that ends well, we'll see you on the road. All's well that ends well, and we've got a big tale to tell. All's well that ends well, we'll see you on the road. enjoyed hearing us play through this chapter of the story's role-playing game. Remember, if you want to play along at home, chapters 1 and 2, plus all the rules and everything you need to get started, are available at storiesrpg.com. Then you can play and act out your own Starsworn adventure with all your friends and family. New chapters will be coming monthly all through the winter, available to download at storiesrpg.com. Special thanks to Nate, Emily, and Kelsey Lee, our producer Andrew Martin, our friend Vin Svept, who wrote all the original music in the episode, and Michael Lowe, the designer of the Starsworn game with Daniel Hines. Michael is a certified English teacher who runs online classes to help kids learn the joy of writing fiction by using storytelling games. If you'd like to hear your kids laugh, gasp in excitement, and write page after page of stories for the sheer joy of it, Check out the classes on luckoflegends.com. Classes count for homeschooling credit and come with Common Core aligned feedback on your child's writing, speaking, and collaboration skills so you can help them keep growing as they play. And to check out all of Vinsvep's music, head to youtube.com slash V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Thanks for listening!